By all means, this is not a normal week and a normal Friday. And how you doing? Uh, I'm here alone at the third alone. house. Uh, at third house headquarters, trying to hold it down here, getting as much production as we can out to our loyal, very loyal Amitok listeners today. So, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, for those watching it, watching the video uh, of our Fast Five, and is in studio at Third House, whereas I am at home in the freezing cold basement that is my Minneapolis house. It's really hard to work in a basement in Minneapolis when it's like 36 degrees outside, and uh, I've had to run up upstairs a few times and drink some really warm beverages. But and I've got my Star Wars lightsaber mug. Where oh, thank God! Change color with the heat. Which Does that I keep you? Would be interested to see. Is that coronavirus prevention, that Star Wars cup, there's some magical elixir in there? No, usually cups like this just prevent interest from the opposite sex. It does nothing against viruses, unfortunately. I feel like that does help with virus passing back and forth. So, yes, we're going to say yes. Depending on the virus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, we're going to try to have a little fun with you guys today. I mean, there's so much heavy stuff in the news, and we're still going to try to cover the headlines as best we can and to provide the insights that we can each and every week, but we also want to do what we also pride ourselves on, which is try to have a little fun with it at the same time. So I think before we get into it, and I got to, I got to know, how's this work from home? How's this thing going for you? I mean, it's crazy. One of my favorite things, which I can't lie, I was looking at the background. I have been in your basement before, but I never noticed the dogs playing poker that's behind you. Yeah, right over my right shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think it's funny to see people's backgrounds and surroundings. I mean, I post and then and then just how this is all working for people. I posted something on LinkedIn that like conference call video in real life because uh, this so is funny. just a new learned thing. We do that. We've had conference calls and we've worked from home before, but now full time and you add kids in the mix. I feel like it's just been kind of crazy, hasn't it? I mean, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I had a conference. This was crazy this morning. I don't even think I told you the story. So I had... I had a conference call with a company out of Poland. The guy was in Mauritius because he can't get home to Poland. His Unbelievable. New, he, he was on vacation, but they can't get home. His newborn baby's crying in the background. My son is running down the stairs, throwing crap everywhere. Like, And we're just like, hey, man, new normal. This is what it's going to be. But, you know, fortunately for us, fortunately for us, I mean, this, this isn't that different. I mean, you know, I'm not there in studio with you, but uh, good news is uh, we're still able to do this and bring, you know, hopefully bring that signature Omnitalk level uh, to it like we try to do each and every week. We miss Carter and Emma. Yes, still in quarantine. Yeah, they are both well, but uh, unfortunately, Carter, we were hoping he was going to be able to make it onto the call or onto the line today, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it. And Emma, uh, unfortunately, couldn't make it too, but uh, they are still huge parts of everything we do, so we miss them. And, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a, it's been a wild week. I don't, I don't know where things go from here, but uh, how's the, uh, I always have to ask this. How's the, how's the familial situation going on right now? Oh, we've, we've had our shares of highs and lows. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're still, oh, yeah. 
we're still holding on. We're still staying together. Um, but it's been a wild weekend for us. And I'm sure like many others have experienced as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Mrs. Ami talks about Randy to probably pummel me. I think any second now, just given that she's having to be in such proximity to me for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel for her. what can I, I feel, say? I feel for her too. <laughs> so much. Okay. Everyone feels for anyone. My kids too, because they have to be with me so much, but, but anyway, all right, well, let's get to it. Let's of course give a, give a nice read to our sponsors and the, our sponsors are Trigo. Trigo is developing the most advanced AI and computer vision-based checkout free system for the grocery industry. Using standard cameras and proprietary algorithms, Trigo converts real-sized stores, introducing a frictionless shopping experience. Together with Tesco, Trigo is currently piloting the world's largest checkout free store. To learn more, visit Trigo.tech. And also Insignia. Forward-looking and nimble Insignia pushes the boundaries for others to follow. Insignia is a leader in in-store and mobile marketing. With a suite of tactics, including signage, merchandising, display, and mobile, Insignia is the right partner to attract new shoppers and grow your business. Insignia, be discovered. All right, and I think since you're holding down the fort literally in third house, why don't you take the honors here? All right. Well, I will start with our first story. And thanks again. Uh, just a quick shout out to the Amitak fans and listeners who have been submitting ideas for stories for podcast content. Liz McClay, Brandon Gillis, Brian Granquist, um, all of you. Thanks for keeping that uh, coming through. And, and Ben Shine, too. We've been trying to take in as much of that as we can into these stories. So keep right. them coming and uh, keep the conversation going because we love it and it helps yeah. keep us all on top of our game. So Especially everybody out in Seattle in New York too. Yes. Stuff is happening, especially getting some of the Amazon perspective from everyone we know out there. So can't appreciate that enough. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a little bit here at the end. Um, uh, give some highlights too. I should have done this and sorry before didn't mean to steal your thunder, but before we go, we've got some great stories this week too, just to give you a little tease. We've got Kohl's. We're going to talk about uh, Amazon and some things they're doing with Hanes as well as Starbucks, uh, department stores in general. And finish it off as I was just saying with a little bit on Amazon and the current state of things there. All right. So with that, we'll get to story number one, as Chris mentioned, uh, Coles and Land's End have announced a new partnership. So Coles announced this week that it's going to be offering the entire assortment of Land's End women's kids and home merchandise on Coles.com. Uh, that will all be directly fulfilled and shipped by Land's End starting in fall of this year. And also, Kohl's will be bringing Land's End Shop and Shops into 150 of their stores starting in 2020. And I, just, I didn't even know that part. <laughs> oh, yes, Chris. I, I mean, honestly, Kohl's, oh, 100, 100. I'm giving you a 100 oh. emoji on this one. Oh, my this, God. This is a brilliant move. I think it's so smart. They're bringing in a brand that finally makes sense inside of Kohl's. You're giving people the opportunity to get this Land's End product that is a draw. Sears saw it as a huge draw when they had uh, Land's End shop and shops inside Sears. It gives Kohl's shoppers a higher end reliable product to shop for some of their basics. Uh, I love it. What do you think? Oh, do you? You love it, do you? Yeah, I bet you do. I mean, God, this story, we had to leave with this story because I just think this is the best comic relief in human history for what we do, given the week that we've had I read this and I literally fell out of my chair. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I didn't even read the pop-up shop part because I think I finished, I think I stopped after like the second paragraph. Like 
well, not pop-up shop, shop in shops. So I don't know if you ever went to the yeah, same thing. shop in shop. Same thing. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, they're uh, permanent. They're permanent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not popped up. It's right. not away, but yeah, it's a shop in the shop. Yeah, not that different, but yeah. But yeah, even still, regardless, like that that part just adds a whole other layer to this. The thing that gets me about this story, Anne, you were with me, and we listened to Michelle Gass on stage. I think it was NRF, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yes, that's right. And she was talking about how her whole aim is to make cold younger. And that's why the Amazon returns program is so important. Don't take it on face value or numbers. We're getting the younger customer. That's really what we're focused on. And then you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to start a partnership with Land's End. That last time I checked that were that worked real well for Sears. Um, and then now you're going to actually devote real estate into it. Uh, at least that's the plan. We'll see what happens given everything going on, but now you're going to devote real estate to it. I mean, that's, I don't, I, I was trying to think of like something funny and pithy to say, maybe you can help me out with this. This is where I was hoping, you know, if you and Carter were here, we could get a good banter going, but like, like trying to get younger by, by introducing Land's End. I, I, I don't know. That's like, I, I don't even know what that is. I'd like to say it's like, you know, like an ED drug, but it's not because it actually doesn't do what it's intended to do. Like, you, you actually don't get younger in any way. I mean, it's like, it's like, um, it's like I buying an Oldsmobile. It's like being 70 and buying an Oldsmobile, trying to get younger. That's Look like, at Buick. They're doing it, Chris. Buick's got the Enclave. They're in the, uh, the uh, Big Little Lies. I mean, these, these companies, these legacy companies are going after the next generation. And I think, so I did look up to try to see some data on the, the kind of um, benefit that Sears saw from having these lands and stores inside. And they did show that they, it brought people into stores. And so I think if you're, yes, it's not bringing everything you, brings somebody into a store. <laughs> well, I think it's, a, it was a traffic driver for Sears and right. there was not a lot of crossover between the Sears customer and the Land's End customer. So it was oh, a right, method right. that was bringing people right. into a Sears store that might not always go in there. Now, whether or not this plays out for Kohl's and we see like, oh, Kohl's saw another 24% spike in, in traffic to stores, but they were only there for five minutes and they were doing their Amazon return. Whether yeah. or not we see a similar pattern there um, is yet to be determined, but I do, th- I, I'm, I'm game for this. So you, you, know, you, you, you like this because you're just doubling down on how bad it already is. Like that's your whole point. You're, you're like taking this like weird, like country. All right, here's, here's the thing, two things. One, Carter, I bet if he was here and Carter, please put this on social media after we post this, like, do you even know what Land's End is? He definitely does. He definitely oh, you does. Think he does. Okay. I do. You look at Land's End and what that product is. It's like it's an Americana brand. I guarantee uh. Carter, who likes the outdoors, he likes you know reliable, sustainable goods. I bet he's heard of Land's End. But okay. let's put a wager on this. All right, Carter will respond. Yeah. So here's the other thing that I think the loyal. Oh God, need to you're know. not going to let is, this one. This die. is more of a personal story. No, this this there's another reason the story is frightening. I was in high school. Let's just say I was not the clothes horse that I am today, okay? Much of much of which was gained working for the Gap at San Francisco in the late 90s and, you know, learning right. a little bit of fashion. I would say I'm not the clothes horse uh, that many others are either, but I can hold my own every once in a while. But here's the thing. This is why this story is scary and it conjures back some really bad memories because Grandma Amita, the only time I've really ever been acquainted with the Land's End brand is Grandma Amitak used to outfit yours truly in high school with Land's End clothes from Mervyn's. So that's what's in my head right now. And so Coles, Michelle Gass, 
sorry, not a hope and a prayer. This is just another nail in your coffin for me of a model that's in dangerous, dangerous trouble. And I think I think this is just hitting Grandma too close. <laughs> I think this is just hitting too close to home for you. I think that's the real the real root of this issue. Let's go to story number two before right, we get, get any more history of Chris Walton and his terrible clothing past. All right. Uh, all right. Fine. Similar story here, but it's a good segue, actually. So now Champion has jumped from Target to now Amazon. So Champion, the sportswear brand that is made by Haynes brand. It's found a new home on Amazon.com, according to Bloomberg. It's C9 Apparel line, after a long-standing agreement with Target Corporation, will now be available on Amazon. It sounds like it's a two-year deal, and it will mark the first time, this is actually really interesting, the first time that the C9 line will be available globally. As you know, Target only has operations in the U.S. And what do you think about this one? Oh, I love this one too. I think this is a brilliant, I, pick, I love this too. brilliant pickup by Amazon. Um, you have a pretty well-recognized brand, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. um, that now, you know, people can go to. And I think a lot of people liked C9. It was a pretty good product line for Target before they created their very own line and their own brand line. Um, so affordable, athleisure, um, if they can keep the style, I think that's still something that's questionable. But most importantly, this is a this is a particular brand that people know in the United States that they can search on Amazon and find quickly. So I can go to C9. Now that I know that Amazon has C9 product, I can go C9 leggings, C9 sports bra, whatever it might be, and find that much more quickly than I can an Amazon Essentials version of this. So my mm. bet is that they get, a, they get a lot of interest in this. They collect a bunch of data on what people are buying. And then in two years, once this contract is over, they do the same thing that, that Target did and they create their even better own brand line of Amazon Essentials um, C9 type wear. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that last part too. And I guess the point there too is do they need to, right? Like I think that's the other thing. Like if they're just the best value alternative and they've got a great agreement with Haynes, it's kind of like, hey, you're just being our de facto default private label manufacturer already, which for all intents and purposes, from my experience, was how Target thought about all this to begin with. So it's, you know, it's two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. Um, just depends on the relationship between Amazon and Haynes. But I, I love this too. I think what a great coup. I, and, you know, I wonder, uh, I have to imagine if you were sitting across the negotiation, negotiating table with Haynes, that had to have been something that was thrown out to Target. Like, hey, you, ki- you kill this relationship with us. We've got a great place to take this. I have to think that. I don't know for sure. But that was something that probably was not talked about to the extent that it probably should have been, you know, when Target decided to do everything on their own. Because, I don't know, this is good stuff. I mean, I've been a, you know, I used to wear that, probably, God, for the last decade, used to wear C9 pretty regularly. We're going oh my to God. Yeah. How, what is the next story? I don't even know if but, our listeners are going to want to hear what Chris Walton's exercise athleisure wear story was starting. No, I, and I'll spread, I'll spread them that, but I'll t- I mean, I, I mean, from, from an, a performance perspective, run a marathon in it or a half, not a marathon, a half marathon. Don't want to give myself too much credit, but like, don't. so it works. And so then the other thing, the global angle to this is really interesting too, because I, I said this on social media, no one has, for the most part, a athleisure emergency. And so you are willing to wait for things that you you want. And if it's at a great price and you want to customize your color or you want to customize the fit, 
based on what Haynes with their massive manufacturing resources has at their disposal, I think that world is kind of a reality because that's also what I struggle with in terms of the purchases in this category is like, what are the colors? You know, what's, what, what's the right fit for me? You know, what's available, what's not. And sometimes that gets limited, but here you could, you could think long-term of different ways to take this kind of in a more direct style model, given everything they've got going on. So, so I, I think it's a cool story. Maybe maybe after two years, if Amazon doesn't work, they'll go to Kohl's. <laughs> no, what's I, what's the equivalent in Kohl's? Oh, yeah, I can't even say what's what like Jane Fonda's workout gear. Like that's that's the next story. I don't, I, I don't know. I think Lauren Conrad. She has a line uh, of of um, of the Hills fame. If you need a just a reference point, right? I'm trying to think like Joan Allen's workout gear. I'm trying to think yeah. of somebody old that is just totally obscure. But anyway, all right, we'll move on to story number three. So Starbucks has announced uh, that through at least Sunday, March 29th, they are shifting 100% to a to-go model in all their U.S. and Canadian stores. Uh, This includes a temporary phase-out of all in-store patio and temporary um, seating, all all of their cafe seating, and then they've closed some of their stores in any high-traffic areas like malls. Um, or university campuses. So now the Starbucks customers can walk up and order at the counter. Um, so they still can walk up to a barista and order. They can order ahead through the app. They can use a drive through or Starbucks delivers on-demand service where that is available. So um, so yeah, Starbucks making the move 100% to, to, to go only. Um, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've talked about Starbucks a lot. We've talked about these capabilities a lot. Kudos to Starbucks for already being prepared from an omni-channel capability perspective to make this happen. We'll probably talk about this next week, but just, you know, just even uh, just getting out the word on the wire, too, that they're now going to uh, trying to roll out delivery of Starbucks nationwide by April as well, trying to get behind this. So it shows you that, you know, as you think about things from an omni-channel perspective, it just enables you to be more prepared for anything that comes your way in the future because you are you know, more flexible. The interesting angle to this story to me is also the side around payments where, you know, they're still having people take cash um, and they're trying to accommodate that, but you're still having to figure out ways to make that happen in, in a way that's safe. And so I'm also the tangential argument here would be what's going to, you know, we've talked a lot about shipping and e-commerce, but what's going to happen in the way of electronic payments? You know, I'm, I get tired of going into a CVS or a Walgreens and I have to touch a point of sale terminal. Why do I still need to do that? Like all this can happen that way. And Quite frankly, given the world that we're about to live in, it sounds like that actually might be something that's needed too uh, for those times when there just is no other option. So I'm hoping we start to see more adoption on that front and maybe retailers will get behind it in a you know, bigger, bolder way when they have you know that type of thought process involved. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much money Starbucks saves going to this model. Like obviously right now they're conservative because they have, are being mindful of their staff. It's all for the humanitarian reasons and to try to keep people, their customers and their staff safe. But here's my thought. Your Starbucks, do you even need to have the coffee shop shop? Do you need the cafe at all? Are they going to take a look at how much money they're able to make going hundred percent to go model cutting back on staffing, cleaning of the facilities, all those things like people, I I don't think that Starbucks anymore is still a necessary place to um, have a cafe. I think that they're going to come to find like it's an added benefit, but they're such a well-known and loved and customers are so loyal to that brand that I think that they could eliminate all of their cafes, you know, countrywide and still be 
just a-okay. And so I'm interested to see what they take away from this and how many stores actually move to convert to the pickup only model. Yeah, it's really interesting. You, that's a great point you bring it up too. I got to reshare the article that we wrote to, you know, that you helped me with after, uh, after we were in New York for NRF around Starbucks and their pickup only store and how that was still a great Starbucks experience. And if you're just jonesing for your Starbucks, yeah, that totally worked. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question too, man. Like, how much value is there to the people that linger inside of the Starbucks? Yeah, it gets people to go there and get their coffee, but would you still get that anyway? Probably not as much for sure. But, you know, to a degree, I still like the sustainability of what you're describing versus having to rely on that type of behavior happening in the long term. So uh, it's really, really fascinating. I'll have to reshare that article as well. Yeah. It's uh, pretty timely. I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't thought about that. All right. On other, in other news, it's a good segue here again. Many stores, especially department stores, have shut down. So Nordstrom's announced that it will close its stores for the next two weeks, and Macy's will also do the same thing. And that will be Macy's is saying effective now, if I'm looking at the notes here, to March 31st, and we'll see if that gets longer. Now, both stores have said they'll continue to pay their employees' salaries and benefits for anyone working in those stores, which is awesome. Uh, but I think what this speaks to here more than anything is I think this environment just makes everything we've been talking about for a really long time, even scarier for department stores and especially for malls too. So a lot of the malls are closing down. Mall of America is now shutting down. Simon malls is shutting down. Um, you know, and it goes back to what we talked about with Starbucks is Starbucks able to, is still able to operate because they've invested in the omni-channel capabilities that people care about. And department stores haven't figured out what that is. It's not the 50 store test that JCPenney's is, was trying to run. In fact, it's bigger than that. It's more about the whole mall in general and how that needs to shift, which now that I'm thinking about it too, there's probably another, there's like some great info we've done that we probably need to share on that as well. But yeah, that's my take. It, it's just sad because I think, I think this is only going to hasten decline and descent of the department stores and, and really malls in general. And now you wonder if they're even going to have enough time to be fashion. Yeah. I mean, I think this is probably one of the number one questions that we've been getting from OmniTalk followers throughout the course of this week is, what are our predictions on who survives this? Um, what, what, does, what does the definition of department store look like after this? I think those are questions that you know, we've all been talking about quite a bit in the last week. I mean, you look at places like Macy's, JCPenney's, like you mentioned, you know, can they turn around from this? Um, they definitely don't have a great omni-channel experience right now. They're, you know, shopping, a, it's, it, if this is even possible, shopping Macy's and JCPenney's online is actually worse than shopping it in the store. So mm-hmm. if you don't have those, um, those moats set up, how are you going to survive? And like you said, you know, what does that mean for the future of, of the mall store? Um, I, I'm, I know we talked about this earlier, Chris, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Why do you think that malls in advance of this haven't been set up better for buy online, pick up in store? And do you think that this move um, or this you know, pandemic happening will be a move for them to kind of rethink how, how the uh, mall is best serving its customers? That's a great question. I think, you know, actually somebody that we know pretty well, Shlomo Shop has a really interesting article out on social media right now about just, just how malls work and how real, the real estate industry works. And I, I found the first half of it particularly enlightening. And I think, you know, to answer your question, I think mall developers or real estate developers have, have never really had to think about technology. 
uh, and what it means for the overall experience design of, say, a mall in this case. He draws a great analogy there actually between hotels, where hotels actually have to think differently. Like they have to think about, okay, you know, how do you refresh all the technological capabilities you have in the store, whether it be the TVs in the rooms or whatever. And even that's to a small degree of what we're talking about. And I think, you know, what you're seeing here is, and what he posits too, is that those developers just aren't going to change anything until they're forced to. And I think you're now starting to see the fact that you're going to force that change because there's just there's there's just no extra added complementary capabilities to help the mall retailers do what they do, whether it's, you know, like we talked about commune fulfillment, where they all kind of pull those things together, where it's concierge pickup and drive up, um, whether it's developing them to enable people to do more things in one day. We've seen some elements with grocery and gyms. Those things make sense, but, you know, they're still few and far between. And so I think they just, they've never had to take that product, that full experience design mindset to it. And as a result, technology within that is really hard to do. Uh, and so I think you're just now starting to see people come to the table. And what's scary about it is I think you you were seeing people start to move in that direction. But now just what's going to happen with discretionary product and, you know, and what that means, you know, when are we going to see that investment and people will try to rush into that? Because, I mean, none of us are going to be rushing to go to physical places anytime soon, it seems like, either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you've got a really good point there about the technology that was available or that I think most malls were finding appealing was everything from like, you know, a smell-o-vision type app. Like, how do you get different smells happening? And it was all about experience of being in the mall. It wasn't about like, how do we think about unifying each of these stores and these individual companies to best serve the customer. It was like, how do we just get people into the mall, into the traffic, which is fine for the short term, but hopefully this will kind of be a canary in the coal mine for the mall owners and developers to like what that overall product of the experience is, like you were saying. Um, but Yeah. And I think to your point too, like there's structural issues too. Like you, I mean, the, the developers never, never kind of played the role of a merchant. Like what are all the things that somebody needs in their daily lives? They've left. Totally. That's a great enough. Real estate agents, right? Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate agents, you know, yeah, they know how to lease buildings and they know what brands might be up and coming, but in terms of tying together all the different needs that, you know, a physical entity is going to need to have that helps support all of them. That takes somebody with a unique and special set of skills. I mean, that's something I know you and I are passionate about, but, but that just, there was never the need for that type of position before because the model just worked. Right. You know, it was big capital investment, get the building built, and then you're just, you know, trying to secure some leases to make it happen. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, man, I, I definitely am still even shorter now on, you know, department stores and mall-based retailing. Yeah. Let's close it up. I think this last one's interesting. It's probably, I think, of anything probably going to be the most important story to watch here over the next two to three weeks to see how it unfolds. And that is that according to the Wall Street Journal, Amazon has prioritized medical supplies households and household staples from its merchants amid the coronavirus. Amazon said this week that it is prioritizing shipments of those items and other high demand products in the wake of their surging demand due to the pandemic. Independent sellers on Amazon will be unable to ship products other than such high demand items, like I just mentioned, to their warehouses as of right now until April 5th. The changes, Amazon says, will allow it to, quote, more quickly receive stock and ship these products to customers. And you and I have been talking a lot about this because I think this one hits everyone really hard, potentially. What's what's your first take? Yeah, I mean, 
we we tried to our goal with this week's podcast was to try to keep it positive and light but um i have to say that this headline was probably is still the most concerning one of of a lot of the headlines that we're seeing right now and that's because um a couple things. One, I think they also, you also see headlines coming out of Amazon, like we're hiring a hundred thousand people. And, um, to me, what Amazon is putting out into, uh, the news right now and into our, our retail industry is the biggest wagging of the dog that I've seen. I mean, you, if you read between the lines and you know what, based on the conversation that we've had, the, I think the real story here is that, you know, you think about where these Amazon DCs are located. Um, you think about the loyalty that people have when we know that the pay is um, up for debate and how they're treating their customers or sorry, their, um, their employees has been in the news and up for debate for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And is it really that they're prioritizing essentials or is it that people, you know, are either getting sick or they're not motivated to go in and work at a distribution center. They're caring right. about their own communities, their own people, um, their own families. And is that what's really happening? And this is being spun the opposite direction for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Heller and I had a really great conversation yesterday just talking about, you know, where the is our editor, Laura, the former editor of retail dive. Exactly. Um, yeah. who we're doing a podcast with, uh, that we'll be putting out in the next week. But, Laura brought up a really good point, and she's like, we were talking about, um, you know, how how the CEOs of some of the major big box retailers and pharmacies uh, were at the the White House last week, saying, you know, this is what right. we're doing in an effort to help the community right now. We're doing testing sites in our parking lots, that kind of thing. And what's been glaringly obvious is that Amazon is missing from all of these conversations. Amazon is, you know what I think this is doing is really exposing Amazon's weaknesses um, in, in these times of crisis. They uh, aren't coming out saying that they're going to, if they're really truly cutting back uh, the distribution of product, that means that there in theory should be space inside some of these distribution centers or fulfillment centers where, I don't know, they could have testing for virus testing, or they could be doing other things to help, uh, aid and serve the communities and their employees in those spaces. And I think that, um, you know, we're going to see this kind of continue to to transpire throughout the next couple of weeks. But my question here is also, you know, what does this mean for, um, as Amazon kind of steps into the background and we see some of Amazon's exposed weaknesses, what does this mean for more local and regional grocers? Are people who work for these places more willing to show up because it's their community? Um, it's a smaller town kind of, we're all in it together kind of effort versus, you know, do I care if I'm showing up to a job at an Amazon distribution center? Yeah. Wow. Uh, a lot to, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. All good stuff though. I mean, I think like, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not as like, uh, what's wag the dog as I think is the term. What did you use? Or, uh, not wag the dog, but whatever phrase you, what's, what did you, what did you say before about in terms of, uh, kind of how the story is being spun, but whatever, whatever the phrase was, um, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I think as I'm learning, I feel like it's a little bit of both where you've got, you do have a surge in demand and that surge in demand is real. And then you probably also in the background, the thing that's, you know, probably being clouded over is the fact that you probably don't have people showing up to work as much or, right. you know, or there's instances of the virus at warehouses. I know I read about that in New York today. 
or the kids are home and they just can't. Yeah, or the kids are home and they can't. You know, that's not a job you can work from home. Right. And so I think all those factors are happening. And so what it just, you know, I think number one, what it just means is, you know, there's going to be more pressure on the supply chain. And so we as consumers have to think about, okay, what does that mean as that starts to happen? When does it start to happen? I think the second point that you bring up is really interesting, though, in terms of what is Amazon doing and what does that mean in terms of the role of our, our local gro- our local grocers, especially, and how tied into the community uh, that into the communities that they are. Um, and you bring up great points like, like Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Let's mobilize the treasure trucks. Like how can you use that infrastructure to get product into communities quickly, almost like on a federal rationing, you know, uh, from a federal rationing standpoint, because I do part of me wonders if we're heading down that road. So let's keep playing this out. And it's instead like, you know, like they're doing at schools, come get your order. Um, let's make sure you're involved Amazon in that conversation with the government as things potentially play out and if we need that. And I think to your point, right, you are seeing the fact that the, the grocers are, they meet, they still mean something to the communities. And you could see how, you know, if supply chains get, get strangled or even the in-store operations get strangled, you could see how people would probably rise to the occasion to make sure that those things continue to still function as best as possible, where, you know, that makes sense when you're local here in town, but you know, are you going to have that same affinity to help out, you know, Amazon out in Mankato where we live, which is an hour away or hour or two away. Like, I don't know. That's a, it's a whole nother topic, but I think, yeah, I would love, I think your point most, in, I think the point, especially about how does Amazon get more involved in the national conversation and leverage its incredible resources and technology to help everyone out in this instance, you're right. That's been absent for the last two weeks. And I think that's what we do here too. And I didn't know we were going to do this. And so this is kind of a passionate plea now, I guess, but yeah, let's, Amazon, get into that conversation and let's see, you know, exactly what you're doing in that front. I think it's a great point. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I think the the silver lining in all of this is that you're still seeing, like you mentioned. The, there's still time. There's still for time. That. but you're still, that, there's still time. Right. And you're still, you're, I think you're still seeing humans show up for each other right now, which mm-hmm. is one of the most important things, whether that's in um, the retail community and, and outside and, and other industries, but um, just hoping to hold on to that for as long as possible. Yeah, I agree. Well, on that note, let's close it up. Curious, what's, what's the thing you're most looking forward to over the next, like, say, three days heading into the, or two days heading into the weekend? Uh, more calls from car dealers who want me to come test drive cars. <laughs> no, oh my God. Yeah. Tell that story. I forgot about that. I meant to talk about that in the beginning. Yeah. Like uh, story you know, got the other day. I feel for the people who still are at, they're still pounding pavement. They still want to have the industry going. I actually did have one um, car dealership, uh, Apple autos come and offer to drive the car to my house so that I could test drive That's a car, cool. which I thought was pretty unique. Um, very contrary to another local dealership who called and left me an actual voicemail and it went something like, hi, and this is blank from blank dealership. Just calling to make sure you and Logan aren't dead yet. <laughs> word for word. I, I guarantee you it was unbelievable um i was going to play it but i don't think i can do it and preserve the identity of the uh, the individual but um too soon too soon for those kinds of jokes in my opinion so, way yeah. way too soon and also give people some space i think i would say the same thing about linkedin like stop the hard selling on linkedin if you don't know me like it's not gonna it's just not gonna work right now so i think establish that relationship first and have a good dialogue but like the I, I'm just going to say this to anyone listening. I do not need new SEO capability right now. 
Like I just don't. Okay. I'll look at that later. It's just not going to happen. So right. yeah, I heard, that, I heard that message. Like that was pretty crazy. I could not believe somebody had the audacity to do that. But hey, you know, different people are you know looking at this in different ways. So yes, but to answer your question, what am I looking forward to? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been recording daily workouts. As you know, we, my husband and I, also own uh, some gyms which are not open right now. So uh, my <laughs> right. neighbors, I'm looking forward to my neighbors uh, who already thought we were crazy people. Like, what the hell have you done with this studio you've set up in the backyard? Um, but Hey, you know, I'm looking forward to getting some, getting outside, getting some exercise, um, getting some interesting from my family. Okay. What about you? I didn't know we had a makeshift facility. I, you know, I think given that and given that that's probably not going to happen in the, in, in the Walton household this week, you know what I think I might do? I think I might shotgun a beer in your family's honor. Oh my God. In my family's family's honor. Yes. If you guys are going to be that fit. Um, and because, you know, I just haven't shotgunned a beer in quite a while either. So I think that might be what I try to do. So no, I don't think we need to talk about shotguns or shotgunning anything. I think we're good here. Let's just keep it safe. Consume alcohol. Don't go, don't go out of my wheelhouse. Don't, don't, don't go go into territories. I'm not capable of doing well. Yeah, that's probably, Oh God, no way, please. All right. But I do want to say before we leave here, um, before we leave here, Ann and I have been talking a lot and we are going to make a pointed effort to try to, to bring what we do best and that's candor and humor. And so I would expect over the next few weeks with the time we have at home, I'm hoping I can get into writing a lot more than I probably have in the last few months and try to bring some more humor into that on a daily basis. And then Ann and I, and especially Ann here, has got just an awesome series planned for you next week. So if you remember, Shop Talk was supposed to happen last week and the focus was all on women. And so for us, an uplifting story for us to talk about is actually great women in retail. And so we've got an entire series, at least as of right now, coming your way next week, highlighting some great women in retail. We've got interviews lined up with people from the likes of PepsiCo uh, and uh, Laura Heller, IBM on the docket. And hopefully that also comes to fruition, but look for that next week. We're going to be trying to hit you up with something every single day. Like I said, we're trying to put out some great articles too. I've been writing a fun one around Fleet Feet and their new store. Which I'm oh really- my God. Chris is still so upset that I didn't say Fleet Feet 10 times last week. I, I, I am actually really upset, but I've, I've got a fun one there. A lot of good analogies that I think people like, especially if you like 80s humor. So really trying to put my heart into it. Really wrote it for everyone that's listening uh, on, this, on this podcast or watching this video right now. Our listeners, you guys, you mean a lot to us. We're going to try to keep this going as much as we can. Remember, as you're at home and you're talking to your colleagues, if they need a break, if they need some entertainment, tell them to like, review, leave us a review, subscribe to our podcast, videos, whatever. Totally makes a difference. Every little difference always does. And I think as we always say each and every week, and now more important than ever, be careful out there.